Hello. Welcome to a special edition of Harmony UK podcast. I'm John Beasley, and in this edition we'll be focusing on some of the issues raised by the question of open competitions here in the UK. When, in September, the Babs Board announced its intention to throw open a limited number of places in their 50th anniversary contests to groups from beyond the organisation, it raised more than a few eyebrows. The plan was to combine the male voice and mixed voice chorus contests over two days. There would be a maximum of 50 contest places, and those not taken by Babs Clubs would be open to participants from outside the organisation, including female choruses. A similar thing would happen if there were spare places in the hitherto main male quartet contest. Well, the announcement prompted a wide-ranging and, at times, heated discussion across social media. Within a few hours, the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers, with whom Babs is currently in merger talks, made it clear that while they'd been informed about the decision, they had never been consulted. Within three days, the Babs board reversed their original decision, but they did make it clear that they still hope to stage open contests the following year, 2025. In this podcast, we'll be getting a perspective on what's happened from board members of Labs and Babs. Both boards kindly agreed to speak to me, and we recorded the interviews over Zoom on Thursday, October the 5th. I hope that listening to their takes on the recent events, their concerns and their hopes for the future will help to shed some light on what has proved to be a complex and rather divisive topic. So first, to Sue Ransom and Jill Cook. They are respectively the chair and the vice-chair of Labs, and when I spoke to them last Thursday morning, I suggested to Sue that it had for many of us in the barbershop world been a roller coaster week. Sue took that metaphor and she refined it. For her, she said, it had been like a fairground ride on a very steep log flume. We knew about this at the end of August. So I had a phone call from Lawrence at the end of August saying this is what they were going to do. And so for me, it was like that slow um, clicking, 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 going up, 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 up. And then I knew it was going to be announced on the 24th of September. And on the 24th of September, we went over the top and whoosh down into the pool and splashes everywhere. And, you know, it was like that. I can't carry that on to the... uh, to the retraction because that was just another jaw-dropping thing it was just jaw-dropping you know is um have you got anything to say about that Jill it's just well yeah you know it has been exhausting and and really quite concerning because we've you know we we are here to listen to the views of our members we've also had a lot of Babs members contact us and you know the whole barbershop community has been you know a bit disturbed by you know what's happened um, and, you know, we see it as our job really to absorb people's feedback, listen to opinion. And, you know, that that has been, you know, quite challenging. And, you know, at the moment, it doesn't seem to be coming to um, a quick end either. We will get to your uh, concerns and your, your reservations and also your consultations in, in a moment. But I suppose I have to ask you, because this is about the place of... Um, of open singing contests in the UK barbershop scene. I mean, in principle, what is the attitude of labs to the idea of open contests in the UK? Well, I don't think the labs board has taken an absolute position on open contest because our view would be that we would consult members before deciding on major changes to contest and convention. So we don't have a prescribed view. We are hearing what our members think 
and we think there are things that we could do to make our contests more inclusive. But we're open to discussion on the best way forward to that. And I think one of the things I would say is we shouldn't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And if we're making progress, maybe we shouldn't try and crash to the end point straight away. Jill, have you got anything to say about that? Well, only to um, continue that thought that, you know, we, we had been working, as you know, closely with Babs on working closer together. That was going well. And we saw that there were lots of ways that we could collaborate further and deeper and easier ways than restructuring competitions. Um, because competitions, as we know, are complicated and they take a long time to um, plan and, and, and prepare. So as, as Sue says, we, we, we've been focusing on how we do more in education and, and, and other things. So this was a bit of a blindside moment. And um, of course, we're, we're open to open contests, um, as we're open to lots of other models of how you might organise barbershop competitions. But the most important thing is what do our members want? And, you know, we, we are here to serve our members. That's what we see as our purpose. Can I ask then, Jill, were you surprised that Babs didn't consult you? I mean, given all the work that you've been doing together on a proposed merger. We were shocked, to be honest, because personally speaking, I didn't see that coming. Um, we had only just recently got some legal advice um, that we'd shared with Babs about how we could potentially move to the next stage, which would get into the nitty gritty of how we could work towards greater and deeper collaboration, ultimately potentially one organisation. So yes, we, we were very shocked, not only that they came up with this plan, but also that, and, and Sue can tell you more about this because she took the phone call, that they weren't consulting us, they were telling us, um, and that they weren't going to have any prior consultation with their members either. Well, Sue, what was that phone call like? Well, I mean, Lawrence made an appointment to give to have a phone call. And we had a phone call and he said that their contest in 2024 would be open. And I think my first, the first thing I said, what is if your members say no? And uh, it transpired that the members were not going to vote because they were going to announce it at their members meeting. The members were not going to vote. They were going to tell them it was happening and then they were going to consult. And I did check with him that that's what he was saying because I didn't quite take that in. And even in the letter that we wrote to them after this, say expressing our concerns I still said if I've got this right you say you're going to tell them and then you're going to consult them because I couldn't quite get my head around that process. If they had consulted you Sue what would you have what would your advice have been what would you have said to them about your reservations and about the way that they should they should introduce this open contest idea? Well I think uh, we would have said you need to consult your members you need to consult your members in good time you need to give people at least a year's notice of changes to um, contests which may affect things like bookings. And the reason I say that is because I know that people in labs book their accommodation maybe two years ahead because they guess where the conventions are going to be and they get their hotels sorted out and uh, people are in a system. So that's just a practical thing, but you need to give people plenty of notice. You need to consult them. You need to have spoken to us to see if there's anything we can do to move towards answering the problem that they perceive before imposing something on members. Is there anything I've missed out, Jill? 
Well, I just wanted to say something about the principles of consultation, yes. which is a really important principle for us in, in labs. As I said earlier, we see our role as to serve our members. And we have said all along, and I, I think Babs may have said something similar to their members, that we would always consult with our members before we took any major decisions. And, and you know, for us, consultation comes before decisions because you want to listen to views. And in my experience, normally, if you do that with an open mind and in a spirit of um, um, good faith, actually, you know, you will get even better ideas. You can help shape the concept together um, come and come up with something that satisfies, you know, the, the majority. So there's something different in our views, I think, about consultation, because for me, you can't really consult after you've taken the decision. Then it's just about dealing with questions or um, feedback. I think I think in our joint statements that we've issued from time to time, there's been a number of threads. In the, in the very first one, we had a, um, a frequently asked questions document, and uh, one of the frequency asked, frequently asked questions was, uh, what will happen to convention? And we, as two boards, said nothing will happen to convention in the foreseeable future. Um, subsequently, in other joint statements, we've said members will be consulted on changes. And in other joint statements, we've said there'll be no significant changes before um, we have our 50th anniversaries, which for Babs is 2024 and for us is 2026. So I think these are undertaken undertakings that both boards have signed up to because we've issued them as public statements. So it's not just that Babs were not consulting their members, but they were ripping up promises that have been made to both their members and your members by the joint boards. Is that right? Well, those are your words. Can I ask then about your own consultation, Sue? I mean, what are you, what are the questions you're putting to your members at the moment and when will you be able to tell us what they say about them? We are not specifically asking members anything at the moment. We are just absorbing their feedback. At our chairs forum, we did a very factual timeline of how the talks had progressed, what had been said in joint statements, what was said in the phone call, what has happened. That's all we did. We didn't, our chairs forum is not a decision-making body. We were just informing people at that point. People have been buttonholing us when we visit choruses and they've been sending us emails and, and WhatsApp messages and we've been um, absorbing those. But our key sort of feedback and decision-making uh, body is our um, council when our members' reps, reps from all the choruses meet. And I think our November council meeting will be a sort of pivotal point where we have decided at that point what questions we're going to put to our uh, members' reps and what decisions we're going to ask them to make. You know, we we take a pride in being very close to our clubs and our members, um, board members, visit clubs regularly. I was at another chorus on Tuesday night. And so we're using every opportunity, really, just to have an open conversation and actively listen so that we can feel confident that, you know, we, we are hearing what's on our members' minds. We can reassure them um, about our position and that is going to take a bit of time, really, to, to settle and late. And, and of course, we need to watch and wait what might happen with Babs and Babs members as well. Well, of course, we now know that whatever might happen won't happen until at least 2025. But Babs remain committed to open contest. At least that's what the board is, is telling us. Um, how reassured are you that by the fact that they have 
given this extra breathing space now? I'm not sure reassured is quite the word, really. I mean, we're interested well, in What's in the word hearing... you would use? <laughs> well, uh, we're, we're pleased that they haven't railroaded their members into something which, however much they may agree with it, would cause them huge practical difficulties and, and extra costs. I think that would be fair to say. Um, but we're interested in seeing how they consult their members before they go forward in 2025. And uh, it seems to me that they need to start doing that jolly soon. I think, um, you know, I, I would add to that, um, you know, as, as I said earlier, it, it, we, we need to be, we need to see that the consultation is genuine and that they are open to other ideas and they are open to really listening um, and taking on board members' views. And I have to say there has been some erosion of trust because we felt we were going along in a particular way. And we did feel that there was, you know, an, an honesty and an openness between us. And, you know, there's no denying that has been damaged. Does that have ramifications for the, the, the talks about a proposed merger? Are, are you thinking twice about this now? We're thinking certainly about what, what we can do going forward. Um, and... I think that will be a discussion we'll be having at our um, council with our members reps and we'll be um, trying to get questions out to members reps as soon as possible after convention so that they can have conversations with all their members in choruses and we can have a good discussion at the council. I think that's probably where we are. Is that right, Jill? I, I, Jill and I work very closely together. We're, we, we're, um, we try and make sure that I say the right thing and she tries to make sure she says the right thing. So that's why we keep checking. That's absolutely but, fine by me, Jill. Have you got anything to add? No, I don't think so. Sue's, Sue said it all. Let, let's move on then to um, the other side of this equation, which is the, the single sex contests, which have, uh, which have gone on uh, for, for 50 years now. In fact, they started in 1974. There were women group singing in 1974 along with the men of what was then called the British Association of Barbershoppers and a lot of people have enjoyed those over the years and we've had some tremendous performances from from different choruses and different quartets over the years. Is there a balance I wonder to be struck between the future of these contests and the future of open contests? How do you how do you see the two um, progressing? I mean will, will they progress side by side? I think they could do. I think they could do. I think there are various models for being inclusive and uh, inclusion is is about lots of things, including bringing every member along with you, not not railroading people. So I think they could carry on alongside. I think that's a question for members. And I'm sorry, we're, we're like a cracked record over here. Is that, is that fair enough? Yeah, I think what, what we certainly recognise is that, uh, you know, a lot of our members really value being in a uh, in a women's chorus um, and they they enjoy that they feel it's a safe space they like the sound that they make together and the camaraderie and I believe that's very similar in in many men's choruses as well certainly um, you know what my husband Mike would um, say about what he enjoys about being part of a of a male chorus and um, so you know definitely I see a future for that quite how competitions get um, organised is is another is another question, but um, I think preserving spaces for women only singing and male only singing as well as mixed singing is is, is definitely something we need to um, you know keep in our minds. You see, one of the reasons that that I ask this is that um, 
you can see a, a, a position where perhaps some of your top choruses and uh, quartets and some maybe even Region 31 as well decide that they want to enter an open competition to compete against the best of the best from all, all groups and they go to Babs. There are a lot of people who can only afford to go to one convention a year. And yes. and it's it's been suggested, perhaps rather cynically by uh, some people that, that Babs is looking to the money and wants to fill their convention. You could equally argue, I suppose, that one of the fears that Labs has is that people might decide to go to the Bab convention instead of yours. Well, we did um, say to Babs, why, why are you apparently setting up in competition with us when you're working with us? That was one of the things we said to us. But um, we had a Barbershop in Harmony meeting the other day, which is with Babs and Sweet Adelines and us. And Sweet Adelines actually said to Lawrence, is this about money? And he he very clearly said, no, it's not about money. It's about inclusion. I think that's a fair description of what he said. Jill. And do you believe him? I think I do believe him, yes. I think I do believe him. I think they probably are exercised about money, from what I gather. But I think that it is a, a principle that they are very focused on. Part of the underlying discussion which is, is going on around all of this is the position of transgender and gender fluid and non-binary singers and where they fit into everything. And one of the arguments that have been made at the moment, the only choruses that they could really join would be a mixed voice chorus. What's, what's the position of labs on, on, on transgender singers? I mean, are they, are they welcome in labs choruses and quartets? Yeah, trans, trans trans women are able to join any chorus if they pass the voice test. Uh, they're able to join any chorus and they're able to compete. Our regulations in our um, contest rules are women of any gender expression. So, so a trans we do have trans women singing in our women's choruses. Uh, Non-binary people are able to join labs as individuals individual members where they cannot join is they cannot join a ladies barbershop club our, our articles define um our clubs as ladies barbershop clubs with a certain number of female members so that's that's the stopper there and to change our articles uh, we would need to go to council and it would need to be a 75 percent um, vote in favor of changing our articles but at the moment as i say they are very welcome to join as individual members and then they can sing in the mixed quartets they can sing in the babs mixed choruses as well is that something you would be prepared to look at if your if your members wanted you to the uh, the perhaps a change in the rule there of course of course i think that may be well be a question that we will be looking at in fact we have previously discussed it finally then I mean, can i ask you both jill and sue what where do, you, where do you hope things will go from here? I mean, you've already said that trust has been damaged. You've already said that you were shocked. We've already talked about um, the second statement that, that Babs put out from their board saying that they were going to uh, wait until 2025 and they were going to consult their, their members. Where do you want everyone to go from here? Well, I think what we want to happen is is for the British barbershop community to work together and to come to agreed 
agreed steps forward and agreed future. I think that's what we would like to see happen, which would include everyone and take as much account as possible of the range of opinions we have in our membership. I think between Babson Labs, there must be 4,000 people. And obviously, there's going to be a wide range of opinion in, in amongst 4,000 people. So um, we need to listen to them and work out the best way forward. I mean, well, one thing I, I, I can say is that everyone on the on the labs board is passionate about barbershop. Um, you know, we, we've all spent a lot of time and, and, and energy and we love it. It is it is our hobby. Uh, for many of us, it's sort of a way of life, really. Um, and we're very proud, you know, of, you know, the 48 years of of, of labs um, and we want to build on that legacy you know we, we've been very successful we're a growing organization we have a great spirit amongst our association we we want to feel that we can continue doing that and that we can continue to lead and contribute in the UK um, barbershop uh, community as as Sue says now I you know we we had a joint vision with with Babs around that um, clearly, you know, the, the way of reaching that, you know, unified, harmonious um, uh, end point um, may have changed. Um, we don't really know um, quite which steps um, will be taken next, but we are absolutely committed to a thriving, growing, successful barbershop um, community um, in the UK. And I suppose the other thing to say is that we keep saying to each other on the board, the Babs members are our families and our friends. There are there are husbands, there are boyfriends, there are uh, brothers of the Babs board on uh, as as Babs members, and that's that's repeated across the Labs uh, family. So you know we are one family between us. So surely we can work out where to go from here. My thanks to Sue Ransom and Jill Cook, the chair and vice chair of Labs. Well, ahead of this podcast, I also contacted Region 31 to see whether they had any comment to make. Elaine Hamilton, the team coordinator, got back to me. She said that as a separate organisation, Region 31 would not expect it to be consulted or informed about changes to Babs contest rules. She affirmed that Sweet Adelines remains a women and those who identify as women only organisation and there's really no change here she said so on now to three members of the Babs board uh, Chair Lawrence Hassan Aurelie Gondor Director of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion and Belonging and Alistair Lammyman who's the Director of Administration having reversed a decision to hold open contests in 2024 at their 50th anniversary convention I asked Lawrence what happens now? Babs is still very much looking at exploring the possibility of open contests in consultation with our members. We need to find out whether the BABS membership want to have open contests. And if, if, if it turns transpires that people do want to have open contests, we would like to bring that in as soon as possible. Because at the moment, there are individuals within our organisation who are excluded from competing. And that doesn't seem right to us. It's not fair on those individuals, some of whom even sit on the board. And it's not in line with our charitable aims as a, as a charitable organisation to pr be promoting and encouraging participation of the barbershop style to all um, to, to still have a, a contest that's not entirely inclusive 
Uh, it just doesn't doesn't seem quite right. Well, well, let me ask you about that then. Aurelie uh, Gandor, you are the member of the board who's responsible for diversity and inclusion. Who currently is excluded and what are they excluded from? So up till now, the contest rules for the male contest just said that, that only male members were able to participate in that chorus and in the quartet contest uh, and separately we have the mixed contest which can have any chorus having more than one gender so according to those rules anybody who is transgender non-binary gender fluid is not accounted for and other than other than transgender men who are being prevented from singing in 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 competition with with men's choruses at the moment um the problem is we might not know about uh, about them uh, specifically. I know of a number of people who are afraid of coming out to their choruses because they were afraid that they would then lose their community, their friends and their hobby because we are so focused in barbershop on the contest. Uh, it's really our focus. We put all of our efforts into it. And so then if we have a rule that mentions gender, that means that some of those individuals might feel like they are barred from singing. Um, it might not be the case in fact, but it's it's a very strong feeling and people are going to make decisions based on that. Is that something you can change just by passing a rule? Surely that's a change of attitude. If, if it does exist, and I, I really hope it doesn't, I hope that if in, in, in my, any of the choruses I belong to, that if we found out that someone came out as transgender, it wouldn't affect anything really. But if it did, it's changing attitudes, isn't it? It's not something you can just pass a rule and suddenly it'll all go away. Yeah, it's like a whole array of things. Hopefully we can educate people more. Uh, just as of today, we added one more member to the DNI team uh, who also focuses on gender and might help me uh, provide more facts to choruses. We would like to have a little session about how gender works and what all those words mean and how it works and how like, it's okay to make mistakes and uh, there's no worry about that. But the fact is, it's a question that has come up like many times that choruses will come to us and say, is it okay for us to include this person? And people sometimes without asking us might make that decision that to decide they cannot include that person because they are afraid that they will be prevented from competing in the contest. And that's not something we can stand for as an organization. You say that you're going to consult, Babs board says it's going to consult members. Uh, it, it didn't consult members over, over the changes that were proposed for SING 2024. So Alistair Lamyman, you, you're in charge of administration. I guess it falls to you to organize consultations. How are they going to take place? Yes, thank you for that, John. So on the consultation uh, period in the original guise of what was put forward, we had always suggested that the, the change that we were going to make for 2020, for SING 2024, was not going to be permanent and that consultation was going to sort of happen alongside the change uh, rather than just beforehand. So that's just something I wanted to state for, for the record. But what we will do going forward with any consultation period that we do launch into, this is still something that we're having internal conversations with uh, on the board at the moment, but any 
consultation period will be open to all members of BABS, where we will get a number of different views, be that via uh, having open forums where people can come and can have conversations with board members, be that through feedback forms, etc. But what we want to have is a situation whereby any resolution that is passed on this will be done through the proper administrative channels, which is via the BABS Council. So I would like to have a, a shameless plug, if I will, for any BABS members who are listening to this, if they do not know who their council representative is, to make sure that they become acquainted with them. And if they don't have a council representative already representing their club at a BABS level to ensure that they are in place by the time of the AGM of next year and the AMM the following um, the following year as well, just to make sure in case any large decisions do come down the track to make sure that their voices are heard. So that's how I would. Uh and that seems to imply then that you want people to discuss this at club level, maybe during the break in their uh, in, in their rehearsals or to set some time aside so they can have a proper discussion and find out exactly how the club feels. Yes, that is almost certainly how I would, would want it to happen. I think in any proposed timetable, which is currently very fluid at the moment because we are, like you say, it has only been a couple of weeks since we were previously talking about this. In any proposed timetable, we would want to set out our vision whilst simultaneously inviting clubs to have conversations both amongst themselves, as we know a number of clubs did, even in the two to three days uh, that passed between our previous announcements. But we would want clubs to have conversations at a club level. Simultaneously, individual members would be invited to have conversations with, with the board, but then all of those club views are then synthesized and put to their relevant council members to then be fed through the proper channels at the BABS council because that so so you're not you're, you're not going to present people with a fait accompli this time then because you did last time you said this is how we're going to going to organize open contests this time are you saying that ideas and suggestions that come up from the clubs you will listen to if you think they're good you'll take them Sorry, on board John, i don't think it was a fait accompli um we, we, everyone's ignoring the fact that it was a, a pilot. It was a trial run alongside two quite intensive periods of consultation. One would have been taking place now and another one taking place after SING 2024. Uh, and we think it kind of makes more sense to uh, gather people's feedback on something that they actually have experience of rather than something that they are, are commenting just based on their, their kind of presumed experiences um and it, may, it seems to suggest to us that the, the feedback would be a lot more valuable if you gave people one chance to actually try it um so there was a lot of consultation planned and it, it was just a trial period we made that really clear in our original announcement and our faq document but at the amm meeting on the 24th when this is brought forward people said um will people be able to change your minds at the consultation will you change and you said no it's going to happen the consultation is simply and i got the impression that at these town hall meetings and forgive me if i got this wrong that you were going to be in tell mode rather than in listen mode although that may have uh been sort of the case um beforehand john uh, given that like like lawrence said we it was always our intention to to trial this um and perhaps we we recognise that the the mechanism by which we went about that was perhaps slightly incorrect. But what we will be doing for any future uh, consultation period on this is rather than presenting a mechanism and then offering feedback on the mechanism, we will be inviting people to provide feedback prior. So that's something that we would 
we would want to set out in any future timetable because we acknowledge that yeah whilst we our intentions as a board were that we wanted people to experience the event prior to having a hard and fast permanent decision we are aware that we maybe did not take into account some of the practicalities of that and it may have come across and interpreted by members as a fait accompli and that is not what we wanted that was not our intention and that is why we part of the reason why we withdrew our statement and are intending to do it differently going forward well let me read you something from that statement that you made the second statement the one on the wednesday three days after the original proposal for sing 2024 and in that statement you said from reviewing all of the feedback uh, it's become clear that we failed to account for the many different views and concerns of our members, clubs and friends in the barbershop community, as well as how the timing of the announcement will affect many groups' ability to participate. Now, you're all experienced barbershoppers. You've all got long club experience. You're all experienced administrators as well with BABs. And there, there are a lot of people scratching their head and saying, how on earth? Could that come about? I mean, do you have an explanation as to how you managed to miss all of this stuff? What do you mean by all of this stuff? All the stuff that I just read you. Um, the fact that there were going to be difficulties in, in timings, the fact that there were going to be a lot of different views and they were quite strongly held, uh, the fact that friends in the barbershop community should, should you know, took, took, took a view as well, and, and that not everyone was going to agree with what was going on, and it was, you know, feelings going to be strikingly quite strongly held there were a, there's a lot in that in 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 that couple of sentences and i'm just wondering how on earth you managed to to get to the point of bringing this forward without realizing beforehand that this was the case it breaks down into a few separate issues because one of them is the logistical issues which came up which people raised to do with hotel bookings and things like that and we didn't foresee that those would be such a big problem um, because if people were planning to come and attend Bab's 50th convention then they would come and attend the convention. Um, as it transpires some people um, wanted to just come for part of the convention or had already booked hotels for certain days so those those were admittedly logistical issues that we we couldn't really foresee so I guess we could hold our hands up there. Um, in terms of, you know, obviously we're, we're well aware of a range of views. We knew there would be a range of different opinions being expressed. Um, what I think was uh, interesting about the response to our initial statement was that even people who were generally in support of the concept of open contests felt like perhaps there wasn't quite enough time in the eight or so months before convention to bring it in and that therefore it was felt perhaps maybe a little bit rushed and it might make more sense to do it in 2025 and that was the sort of prevailing opinion for most people that that eight months didn't really seem like enough time to do a good job of implementing a change like this and I think uh, they made some very good points so I don't know if that helps to clear up. Uh, Labs, of course, made it very clear soon after your first statement on the Sunday that they had not been consulted. In in the end, Lawrence, do, do you regret not consulting Labs now? So, so to, to clarify what happened, um, we informed Labs um, of our intention to have a trial or pilot open contest in 2024. Labs wrote an email to the Babs board expressing their various concerns, very legitimate concerns they had about having that uh, open contest. Babs then replied in an email to Labs um, addressing those concerns and explaining why we felt that we had to go ahead anyway, um, which was to do primarily with inclusivity, that there were people being excluded from singing Barbershop 
and uh, that's just not really in line with our charitable aims. And we would acknowledge that it appears labs are not in a position at the moment because of their articles of association, which specifically mention gender, labs can't change to an open contest model uh, without consulting I think it's, they need 75% of their members, I believe. So that would leave Babs in a, in a situation where uh, we have to decide which needs to come first or which is kind of more important, inclusivity or moving towards a possible open contest three or four years down the line. And to us, inclusivity seems like a much more important issue, given that, um, you know, just as an example, John, in the two days that this contest was open, we had a quartet of people register but, so that they could actually sing in the open contest. And then when we had to reverse our decision two days later, uh, we had to tell those people that they they couldn't participate and they were excluded. And that hurt the whole Babs board deeply because to tell people they couldn't sing. I mean, no one was being told they couldn't sing in the first iteration. Everyone was allowed to sing. But now we've literally had to turn a quartet away. And it's it's heartbreaking for us. I, I can understand that it must be very, very disappointing for that quartet. Um, on the other hand, back in 2022, and I have checked this out, um, the joint statement from Labs and Babs when you first started the merger talks, on the frequently asked questions there, it said, um, what will happen to convention? Nothing will happen to convention for the foreseeable future in the event of uh, any uh, structural change. Both boards agree that these, they will respect the history of the uh, respective organisations. You could be seen as kind of driving a coach and a horses through that pledge from both boards, couldn't you? I don't really think it changes the structure of our convention. Um, it's just changing. Uh, it, it's, it's you know a, a slight change to the, the the contest rules, I guess, which aren't even you know mentioned in our charitable objectives anywhere. The, the, it doesn't mention contest. It doesn't mention gender. It, what it does mention is encouraging participation in barbershop for all people. Um, but I, I can I can see you know how the the interpretation of um, Babs and Labs's statement in terms of not making changes. Um, but like I said before, we did inform Labs of the change. They sent us an email of their concerns. We replied to their concerns addressing them. So, yeah. On the point of the, I wanted to address the point of the history. Uh, if that's okay, John. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, as far as I'm aware, Babs started as a mixed organization. Um, at its very beginning, and it's only subsequently that labs was formed and then a gender mandate was imposed on both organizations, which has been perpetuated indeed for quite a long time. Um, but I do think it would be like a beautiful uh, nod to our history to go back to being an open organization. Can I ask you then, because you're trying to, to get back together with labs as a, as, as a joint organization, they say that this has damaged the trust between the two organisations. Are you at all concerned that it might also damage the prospects of an eventual merger between the two? We hope it hasn't. Um, we, uh, we, we hope that labs are open to continuing to explore that possibility with the Babs board. Um, we... The sense, I think, John, on this one, if I, whilst Lawrence has his thinking cap on, is the overarching ambition I would like to think of both boards and a lot of the British barbershop community from the feedback that we um, saw. We had 160 responses to our feedback form that was open for only about 48 hours in the end, plus however many Facebook comments um, on there as well 
we i think the overarching ambition would be from these conversations with labs is to have one organization with open contests existing within it and whilst that is the ultimate aim it is exactly as lawrence was sort of saying that whilst these talks are ongoing the bab the organization at the of babs doesn't currently have that open element to it and whilst that one organization one open contest is currently not a guarantee we can guarantee that for our babs members tomorrow or we could do or we could have those conversations with babs members to see if that's something that they would would like to happen and i personally would view that as a stepping stone towards having one organization with one open contest as you were there john at the amm uh, i think it was peter cookson former babs chair who asked the question how would the babs board feel if labs decided to do open contests as well to which the unanimous response of the babs board was absolutely delighted because what that would then prove is we were all heading in the direction of open contests which if anything would make a, a merger operation easier to achieve so it was done on a unilateral basis because it is a stepping stone that we can achieve for inclusivity as as the organization of babs while still not shying away from the ultimate goal of having one barbershop organization in the united kingdom isn't though part of inclusivity not just the the breadth of people that are given the opportunity to sing but carrying those who are part of the organization already with you and there are quite a lot of people who still enjoy single gendered singing it's a protective characteristic under the equality act so uh, presumably there's nothing wrong with them enjoying it there's nothing wrong with them to want, wanting to maintain contest correct me if i'm if i'm wrong about that but uh, i you know legally there's absolutely nothing wrong with it it's a perfectly respectable position to hold where does open contest leave these groups if you want to continue singing with a with 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 a single gender group if you want still to have prizes for men's choruses women's choruses as well as mixed choruses and an overall competition winner that might come from any group as far as the chorus experience nothing has to change john and uh it's it's wonderful if uh men want to get together and sing in a chorus yes of course they sh should keep doing that what we do not want to happen is because of the structure of how babs is organized and the context that we organize we do not want to encourage those choruses who might want to uh, be more inclusive in their membership in one way or another, not to do that. Uh, this is the overarching goal. We do not want anybody to feel like they have to exclude people because of uh, Bab's rules and our contest rules. You'll be making these the, the, the changes that you were talking about earlier on then um, for um, transgender and non-binary people. Will they be in place for the, the, the 2024 convention? Is that, is that definitely going to happen? Yes, they are, uh, it's only already gone through the head of the judges. I think, Alistair, maybe, I don't know. Yes, yes, it's gone through uh, Stuart Lines already, Chair of Judges. It will be going out with the contest entry 
forms uh, which I want to say we'll be launching in the next couple of weeks, but don't hold me to that, John. Um, so, yeah, and everyone will get a a copy of the contest rules uh, 11.7, which will have that um, that change in there, as well as, I believe, the change to the musicality category. We're all uh, looking forward to the 50th anniversary of Babs. This is the Babs 50 convention coming up. How, as a board, are you going to ensure that the, the arguments that have happened over this particular issue are, are not going to overshadow that convention? Is it something that everybody can put behind them, do you think, by the time the convention arrives? Personally, uh, and this is not something I've necessarily discussed with my board colleagues, but on a, on a personal note, I think what we have done now as a board is, despite the fact that there was the initial announcement and then the subsequent retraction, we have started a conversation. And it's very clear that there are a lot of different views and some of them are quite, uh, you know, and there's lots of heated conversation happening in various quarters at the moment about this. Would I want this to spoil the 50th convention? No, not at all. Would I like it to encourage active debate, active listening, active conversation? Uh, absolutely. I think that would be fantastic. Would I like to encourage as many Babs members as possible to stay and watch the Mixed Chorus Contest, for example, on the Sunday? Yes, that would be phenomenal. Uh, would I like to encourage as many people in the Mixed Chorus Contest to come on the, the Saturday as, as well? A absolutely. So... What I don't want to happen is for this, I don't want this conversation to go away. I, I still want it to be something which is, which is in the, is happening in people's minds is, is it, people are thinking about, but if they have questions or they have views on it, or if they're feeling worried about something, or if they have concerns that they feel that they can talk to their fellow Babs members, that they feel they can talk to their board members. And I know that we have perhaps had, we went ever so slightly gung-ho on this potentially, but I feel like the retraction piece that we did demonstrates that we are listening to our, our, our membership. And that's something that I want to continue doing, uh, both in my role and I think all of the board would would be in that camp so whilst the 50th is happening and that celebration period is happening if there are conversations that can happen around this area then let's have them let's talk it out let's see what the situation is let's see what people's concerns are let's see what people who want to celebrate it are and see if we can all come together as one united organization to celebrate our golden anniversary well, Alistair, you, you used the word gung-ho and then you used retraction and uh, there's no doubt for many people it was a, a roller coaster week. I just want to ask Lawrence, as, as the chair of BABS, what have you learned from this whole experience, do you think? It's a great question. Uh, we've learned a lot from this experience. There was a lot of feedback from our, from our membership and the wider barbershop community uh, and the, the feedback came through in various platforms and we spent a long time reading it and thinking about it. And, you know, it's very, those are very difficult decisions to make. Um, and I, I think you made a good point earlier that, you know, inclusivity is not just about letting everybody sing, but also including a variety of views and, and, and bringing people, people with you. Um, so these are, these are difficult decisions. Um, and it, you can't, you can't 
satisfy everybody all the time uh, and I think we thought it's more important for people to sing than you know that's the most important thing but the, the most important thing was inclusivity in participation in, in, in barbershop singing but one thing that we did learn that I think was really interesting John that came out of um, this was that a lot of people seemed to assume that the potential merger between Babs and Labs was moving in the direction of open contests um, which was a really interesting kind of a narrative to emerge from this because although that's what the Babs board um, kind of is in is in favour of it that was never something that the merger was a separate thing this the merger was never kind of um, I think from from Babs and Labs's point of view moving moving in the direction of an open contest uh, it was how can we work together more as organizations who do a very similar thing how can we pool our resources how can we you know stop duplicating efforts when it comes to music education diversity and inclusion training all of these things um, and obviously, I think, you know, thinking about opening up contests was, was something that was down the line. But one thing that I think is really positive lesson that we've learned from this is that there does seem to be a big appetite um, from both Babs members and other members as well um, to see open contests sooner rather than later, which, you know, despite the fact that we had to retract our decision, I think has given us... Um, you know, a lot of hope for the future. And as Alistair says, it's completely blown the doors off the conversation. Um, and I think people can see the direction of travel now. You know, Babs, Babs opened up our um, our youth and our senior quartet contests to be completely open gender some years ago. Um, so, you know, the, the only remaining remaining things are our, our national quartet contest. And then we still have our gendered chorus contests. You know, we have our, our male choruses and our mixed choruses. And, you know, step one of integrating those would be nice to see, rather than having them in separate sessions, to have, you know, the male choruses and mixed choruses competing together. So that, as I already said earlier, people will see that their experience doesn't change. You still go to your weekly rehearsal, we're absolutely in favor if men just want to sing with men that's fine it shouldn't change your experience perhaps you know the, the contest will change slightly if there's more groups maybe you know people will move up and down the rankings a bit which you know it's uh, it's a shame but there are ways of that we have divisional awards we have small chorus awards um you know we're, st we're still looking at ways to encourage um all of our singers and all of our choruses but uh uh, I do want to reassure you that we've we've learned a lot from the last week. It's been a roller coaster ride, but uh, I think I have the best board that uh, that Babs has ever had around me. So I'm uh, I'm pretty happy. Lawrence Hassan, the Babs chair, and my thanks to Lawrence, to Oralee, and to Alistair from the Babs board, and once again to Sue and Jill from Labs for offering their time and their insights for this podcast. I hope that it's proved useful. The subject of Babs in 1974 came up a couple of times, you may have noticed. I mentioned it during the discussion with the Labs board members, and then orally raised it once again during our Babs segment. Uh, just to be clear, although women and men were part of the same organisation in 1974, the contests then were definitely not open. At the uh, first convention on Tyneside in July 1974, there was just one contest staged. It was for male quartets. Uh, the first separate contests for male and female choruses were held in Brighton in January 1975, along with the first female quartet contest. And until Labs came along in 1976, all the positions of responsibility in British Barbershop were held by men. Well, if you want to see those early contest results for yourself, then they are available to view in the results archive section 
on the BAB's website. And Harmony UK podcast editions 26, 27 and 28 have a lot more on the early history of British Barbershop. Find them on SoundCloud and a range of other podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and Podcast Addict. Well, that's it for this special edition of Harmony UK podcast. Uh, The next regular edition uh, we're counting as edition 50. Uh, It will be the long-postponed East Anglian edition. Uh, Like many a train, it's running late, uh, but it will eventually get you there. Uh, Until then, from me, John Beasley, uh, thanks very much indeed for listening. Thanks once again to all our contributors from Babs and from Labs. And uh, until next time, bye-bye.